Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. So excited to be with y'all this morning as we continue in our series, We Are the Church. And man, I just want to say again, that testimony video was incredible. Amanda, way to go. Love you. That was amazing. Thank you so much for just challenging all of us what it means to be a generous people, especially in these days. All right, well, uh, I want to introduce you a little bit to my family. So like Todd said, I'm the college pastor. Uh, Love getting to hang out with college students. First, I got a picture of my wife and I, Charlotte. Uh, There we are. We went on a little vacation to Arkansas over the summer with the Gobbies. What's up, Gobbies? Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, I had a great trip uh, just getting to spend time uh, together. So thankful for Charlotte. She is my best friend in everything that I do in life and and wouldn't be half the man uh, that I am without her. You're amazing. So thankful for you. Uh, And secondly, I want to show you a picture of our kids. Uh, Here they are. Um, There's about 70 of them. Okay, just kidding. All right, that is not our kids. We're not pregnant. We don't have any kids, and this is not an announcement that we are pregnant. Uh, But I love hanging out with the college students, and that was a picture of us uh, at World Mandate pre-pandemic where we were able uh, to gather together like that, and I love you college students. I love TC. To you. I love all the universities here in Fort Worth and believe there is a mighty, mighty calling on your life to be those who make disciples of Jesus who change the world. So love you guys and so grateful that I get to do life with you and for all the things you teach me about what it means to be like Jesus. Well, uh, this past week uh, I was hungry. You're like, wow, what a kickoff to your story. Uh, and, uh, you know, here at Antioch Fort Worth, we've got two options of what you can do when you go out for lunch. Uh, we've got Sonic uh, and we've got Subway. Actually, we got Wendy's too. We've got three options, okay? But about 99.9% of the time, I pick Subway. All right, now, cherry limeade, uh, I'm there. All right, I like cherry limeade, but not for lunch, okay? And so anyway, I uh, pull up my Subway app and I order my meal and there's a coupon for a free uh, bag of chips. And I thought, this is the best day ever. I'm on the moon. I mean, free bag of chips. So I put it in the order. I walk in. I, the guy hands me my sandwich. And he says, here's your order. And I said, thanks so much. Uh, but the chips weren't with it. And I said, uh, where, where's my chips? And he looked back at me. He said, uh, you didn't order any chips. And I said, uh, yeah. I, the, the, I showed him the coupon. I said, you know, there, there's a free bag of chips here. He said, well, when you put the order in, that, that didn't come through. And I said, uh, well, um, y'all need to fix that. And he looked back, <laughs> he, he looked at me and, and he was like, uh, well, you can take it up with corporate. And I said, I will. And I walked out of there with my shoulders up and I was like, I'm taking it up with corporate. I want my free bag of chips. All right. So now every once in a while, when you do something, you get a little convicted, okay? So I'm walking back to the car and I just felt the, the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit say, Ben, you're so focused on what you need and what you want right now that it's preventing you from focusing on other people. And it was just a, a pause moment for me in my spirit where I was like, you know, Lord, I think you're right. 
I think this pandemic has caused some things to squeeze out of me that I didn't realize were in there. And as a result of it, I have gotten more focused on me than I have on him and on them. And I just wonder if during this time where all of us are facing different things that we're going through in life, the unrest that's going on in our nation and the things that are going on with COVID, I wonder if this is actually an invitation more than ever for us to be a people who are focused on one another for us to be a people who are focused on the other person. And if we stepped into that together as a church, I just wonder how it might empower us to bring the life and the hope of Jesus Christ to our city. So this morning, I wanna call us to this. Here's the main thing. Jesus is inviting us to live as salt and light in such a way that it would bring life to others and hope in us life to others, and hope inside of us. So if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn to Matthew 5. We're going to be reading three verses together. And man, I hope you all already have some fun this morning because I'm, I'm, I'm excited to preach, all right? So here we go. Uh, beginning in verse 13, it says, you're the salt. Everybody say salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. Everybody say light. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, Father, that heaven and earth will pass away before one word of your word will pass away. And so we trust it this morning to bring life and to bring hope and to bring purpose to our lives as we dive in. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, I have two points for us that I believe God is inviting us to step into together to be a people who live for others, live as salt and light in this season. And the first one is this, live as salt. Live as salt, all right? Now, before we get into the idea of living as salt, we've got to talk for a moment here about where salt comes from. And as I was thinking about this analogy, I was reminded of middle school, Bill Nye the Science Guy. Anybody remember Bill Nye the Science Guy, all right? Yeah, a great guy. I don't know him personally, but it seems like a great guy. Uh, but anyway, uh, he would give these lessons. And I remember one of the lessons that he gave was about the formation of salt. And I remember him sharing uh, that in order for salt to form, it has to collect up against a what? Anybody know? Rock. Okay, I got a picture of it here. You can see the salt forming up, that's the Dead Sea, right up against a bunch of rocks. Because the nutrients and the minerals in the rock create the ideal environment for salt to be able to thrive. So the healthiest place for salt to be is right next to the rock. What's the point? Well, 1 Corinthians 10, 4. And they drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Jesus Christ is the rock that we need in everything in this time. He's strong enough 
He's mighty enough. He's pure enough. He's capable enough. He's patient enough. He's kind enough. He's generous enough. He's willing enough. He is our rock. And every single morning, I just imagine myself waking up and Jesus sitting in a room in our new house, uh, which is great. Uh, I can imagine him sitting in our new house a little better than the old house. But anyway, uh, (laughs) sitting in a room in our house and he's just hoping that I don't walk by that room. He's just hoping that I would just take a moment to come in, sit down with him and lean up against the rock that is him. That's what it means to be near to him. And if you're anything like me, what I do sometimes when I think about spending time with Jesus is I'm like, okay, Lord, you're strong. You're the rock. You can, you can handle anything that I'm facing right now in my life. So I take those burdens and I'm like, all right, Lord, here we go. You ready? Well, Jesus, if you're just going to stand there, all right, and I pick it right back up again, and I start to carry it again, and I, that may be just me, but I really do believe that if we're going to live as light, we have to first understand verses like 1 Peter 5, 7, that says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. You know, the Bible calls us sheep, and sheep are not burden-bearing animals, Last time I checked, you wouldn't rent a sheep to hike up Mount Everest, all right? Wouldn't, (laughs) just wouldn't go very well, all right? You and I are not designed to carry. We're designed to cast. And when we cast, it puts our hearts, our minds, our souls, our spirit in the right posture so that we can actually live as light. Jesus Christ wants to carry our burdens right now. He's the rock that is big enough for anything that you're facing. Now, in order for salt to taste good, Bill Nye taught me one more thing. He said, (laughs) he said, salt needs water. Salt needs water. And I looked it up. I was like, okay, what does that mean? Well, when salt is up against, up next to the rock, when the water rushes over it, It purifies the salt. It purifies it so that it tastes good. So it's in a pure form. So for you and I, when we lean up against the rock that is Jesus Christ, and we drink from the cup that he offers, talk about a recipe for revival. Talk about a recipe for transformation. Talk about something that can bring hope right now into our city, into our world. John 14, 14, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Oh man, I don't want to thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. There's a lot of sources we can drink from today. Can I just encourage you? There's only one source that you'll never quench again. You'll never have thirst again. It's the well spring that is Jesus Christ. All right, here we go. So if we're going to live as salt, we are called to be next to the rock and allow Jesus, his water to bring us life. And it's that, that's our source. That's our foundation. But what does it look like for us actually to, to live as salt 
as we are doing that, as we're responding to that invitation Jesus is giving us. Well, when Jesus was talking in this passage, he wasn't necessarily talking about the salt content in our bodies, like we're 0.04% salt, okay? So if you weigh 150 pounds, you've got about six pounds of salt in your body. That's quite a bit. Uh, if you weigh 200 pounds, you've got a little bit more than that, more like nine pounds of salt in your body. All right, that, but that's not what Jesus, I believe, was talking about here. I think Jesus was talking about salt as impact. Salt is impact. You say, what do you mean by impact? Well, uh, five years ago, I got to travel to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia on a mission trip. And uh, I showed up at the airport in China. Actually, I showed up at the airport in DFW, flew to China. But anyway, got to China. And, uh, and when I arrived, uh, I got a text message from the, the missionaries there saying, Ben, we're so sorry, but our flight has been canceled. We're not going to be there for three more days. But there's going to be a kind Mongolian woman that's going to pick you up at the airport, and she's going to go and take care of you for the next couple of days. I said, praise the Lord. All right. Welcome to Missionary 101. All right. So here I am. You know, I got my bag. I get off the airplane. This woman, I mean, you can tell uh, the Mongolian alphabet is uh, related to the Russian Cyrillic alphabet. So uh, it's kind of made out Ben on this little sheet of paper as I'm coming out of the airport. I'm like, praise the Lord. All right, here we go. So this is, this is you and me. We're best friends. All right, this is going to be great. Okay, so she, we load up. We go to this apartment. I get another message from the missionaries. Hey, Ben, looks like it's going to be a little bit longer. So if you could just hang out at the, at the house for the next week uh, and please don't get out because it's not safe, uh, and we'll see you soon, okay? Uh, I, yes, thank you, Lord, okay? So, uh, so first morning, uh, she shows up, and, uh, and she walks in, and, and, you know, of course, she's Mongolian. I'm American. We can't talk with each other, and she puts a plate in front of me, and there's eggs-ish, and there's some meat, all right? Now, when you're on an overseas mission trip, okay, you just go with whatever it is, right, Micah? You, you just, you go with whatever... Yeah, you go with whatever you got, all right? And so I, I ate it. I got through it. I bared it. Um, and then the next morning I wake up and she, you know, coming good, you know, Saha Mambrade, which is, wow, Mongolian just came out of me. That's amazing, all right? That means good morning in Mongolian. And, uh, and it's the same, same plate. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on this a little bit here. So that morning I went into the cupboard. I grabbed some pepper and I grabbed some salt. And I said, thank you, Lord, all right? And I put it all over that. And can I say, it was about 90% better the second day, all right? Because I couldn't taste whatever I was eating, which I later found out was hosher, which is horse meat, all right? So praise the Lord, you know, love, love me some horse meat. But with the salt, it was all okay. Everything's okay. Why? Because salt makes it taste better. It makes it taste good, all right? And no matter what you're tasting, if you just got the salt, it's going to be okay. Now, I mean, diabetes, all those other medical things, you know, but, but, but if you got the salt, it's going to make it taste better. So when Jesus says, you and I are called to be the salt of the earth, I think he's encouraging us saying, you and I are created to enhance the flavor of the life around us. 
that when we step into different situations, when we step into relationships, as we're working that out, that if there's more life that's coming out of it, if there's an enhancement of the flavor, then we're fulfilling our calling of what it means to be salt. And I have constantly been asking myself this question, especially when I was at Subway, and I didn't really treat the guy very well over there. Am I making a relationship with Jesus taste good? Am I making him taste good to other people? Or are there things in my own heart, which there are, that I just need to lay down at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, here's my own insecurity. Here's my own fear. Here's my own doubt. Here's my own pain. Here's the things that I'm going through. Jesus, I lay it down at your feet so that I can be salt to a nation right now that is in need. So, Psalm 34, 8, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's good. He's salt. We just need to be near to him. So when it comes practically to, to living this out, I've got this acronym, SALT. And I've showed this before. I love this acronym. You're like, wow, you love this acronym a lot, all right? So I love it, all right? So here it is, really simple. The S of SALT stands for start a conversation. Jesus is best known for starting everyday conversations with everyday people. He walks up to the woman at the well and he says, can I get a drink? Guys, he's living water. He could have kicked a rock and water would have come rushing out of it. He, he didn't need that. He wanted to relate to the woman on the level that she was at. He wanted to draw near to her in that way. So what does it look like for you to start a conversation in these days? Um, uh, five years ago, I was in the middle of the Aegean Sea, uh, which is between Lesvos and Greece, uh, working with our overseas project called Engage the Nations. And uh, I was with our now young adult pastor, Aiden Yamada. What's up, bro? Proud of you, man. Love you. Uh, and we were on the boat together. And uh, it was about 3 a.m. in the morning, and we just started to pray. And we said, Lord, uh, what would you have for us on, on this boat? Because there are about 500 refugees that were packed in there trying to make it over to, to Athens. And uh, I just felt like the Lord said, uh, Ben, just go and start some conversation with people. Don't, don't, don't have any agenda. Just, just go talk to people. Listen to their stories. Lean into them. So we walk up, and first guy we talk to, you know, we're getting to know him a little bit. And he stops me mid-conversation, and he says, Ben, well, he didn't say Ben. He said, sir. Uh, <laughs> we didn't know each other that well yet. He said, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He said, well, for the last 90 days, I have had the same reoccurring dream of a man dressed in a white robe who's coming to me, telling me that he loves me and inviting me. And he says, every morning I wake up and I feel this peace that I can't describe. Can you tell me who that man is? I looked back at him. I said, yeah. I can tell you who that man is. We went straight to the Bible where it describes Jesus being dressed in white robe. He said, that's the man who's been coming to me. And then he asked, how do I know him? Do, 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 do. All right. Uh, I mean, set up. And we led him to the Lord right there in the middle of the GNC. I mean, the tears just running down our faces as this guy surrenders his heart to Jesus. Beautiful, beautiful picture. How did it all start? Just by loving him. Just by Hey, what's your name? <laughs> what, what's your name? What is the what is your name of today? Like, well, what's the simplest thing that you can ask to show someone that you love them and that you care about them? So that's the S. The A of salt is ask questions. What's everybody's favorite subject? 
themselves, all right? Yes. Man, you just asked somebody a question about them, and look how the conversation will start, all right? Uh, easy way, easy in. Uh, ask questions about other people. Uh, I remember when I was an RA in college, uh, one of the things that I used to do is I would gather our residents together every Monday night, and I would have a different intentional question for the evening. They were things like, how do you squeeze the toothpaste? So it wasn't anything, you know, super spiritual or profound. Uh, but, but I had a question. All right, we got the question. Well, six months later, a guy comes knocking on my door that had come to those meals every week, and tears were running down his face. And he said, Ben, I'm in a really hard place right now. Can we talk? And I go into his dorm room with him, and he just begins to spill out his heart of all the things that he's going through right now. And he said, Ben, over the last six months, you haven't preached at me. You've just loved me. I need that love. Where do I get it from? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. And right there in the dorm room, he prayed to receive Christ. It was beautiful. It was so, so encouraging. I'm so thankful for that, for those times that we got to share with those other people. But it can just start with an intentional question, a simple question. The L of salt is to listen. Um, I think more than ever, what I'm realizing is that when I just sit with people and I try to be a good listener, that's one of my most powerful gospel witnesses. I like to call it the ministry of presence, where you're just leaning in with people, listening to them, um, and, and taking in what they're saying, and really listening well. The T of salt, the last one, is to tell a story. What story? Well, salt is any story about God's goodness in your life. How he pulled you through something in the past. How he's working in your life right now. How he's going to be faithful to you in the future. It's any story about God's goodness. So that's salt. So that's number one, live as salt. The second one, and this will be shorter, is this, live as light. Live as light. Matthew 5 verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. And the passage goes on to say, let your light shine before others that you may glorify your father in heaven. All right. So uh, I like jokes. Uh, so here we go. Uh, have you heard about the guy who stayed up all night wondering where the sun went? Okay. It finally dawned on him. Woo! Man, I mean, when I'm a dad, those dad jokes are going to be great. Charlotte is putting her head down right now. Okay. Uh, all right. So you're like, do the spiritual stuff. Okay. So here we go. If you cross reference this verse with another verse in John, you'll see Jesus saying, I'm the light of the world. So how can Jesus simultaneously say, I'm the light of the world, but also say, you're the light of the world. Well, here are the verses. John 9, 5. While I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. John 12, 36. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of the light. So basically, I think Jesus is trying to encourage us and saying that while I was in the world, I was the light. But when I leave, which he's left, he's gone to be with the father. He's encouraging us saying, you now will be the light. The light that was in Jesus is now within us. That's really good news. And the only way for any city, Fort Worth, Texas, come on, Cowtown, love it. Uh, any dorm room, any neighborhood, any school playground, any uh, living room, any kitchen table, any Zoom meeting, can I get a hallelujah there? To get brighter is for us to take our baskets off and to shine to other people. 
Because when we do that in our world, darkness has to flee. How do I know that? Well, walk into a dark room in your house, flip on the light switch and see what happens. The darkness leaves immediately because there's no struggle between light and darkness. John 1.5 says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Mm, that's good. Jesus is the light that shines in our darkness. And if you're going through a dark time in your life right now, I just want to encourage you, there's a light that can penetrate through that. <laughs> and there is hope for you. A couple years ago, I was just going through a dark time uh, in my own life. And I remember one evening in particular, just seeking the Lord and, and saying, Lord, I, I just feel like I'm kind of in a hole right now. Anybody ever felt like they're in a hole? <laughs> like, I just, I'm like, Lord, I just kind of feel ugh, and I need your help. And as I was sitting there praying, I, I just felt like the Holy Spirit so gently spoke to me and said, Ben, the darkness that you feel is not the darkness of the enemy, but it's the darkness that's being overshadowed by the shadow of my wings. And I am covering you, and I am protecting you, and I am guiding you and leading you and guarding you right now. Psalm 91.4 says, He'll cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. And I just remember in that moment, just feeling the, the weight just lifted off of me as I was just turning my heart and opening up to Jesus and saying, Jesus, you are the hope. You are the answer. You are the light that I need right now. I've heard it said before, whatever you feel like is surrounding you, Jesus is surrounding it. That's good. <laughs> That's encouraging. He's got you. He has you. Uh, two years ago, we were in Tijuana, Mexico on our annual spring break trip, and the pastor of the church came to me and said, hey, Ben, we'd like to send your group out into one of the neighborhoods, one of the darkest neighborhoods in the city, and wondering if you would like to go. And I thought, Oh, yeah, sure. Sounds good. Very pastoral of me without asking any of our students what they thought. But uh, so we go into this area and as we walk in, you, you can just feel the darkness. You, you can feel that the atmosphere is, is one that's dark. And so we get there and I said, all right, guys, we're just going to take 30 minutes and we're going to pray and we're going to ask that Jesus would invade every single home, every single environment, every, every single place here that the light of Jesus would push back the darkness. So we go around, we pray. We do a set about an hour later. We had some hot dogs. It was great. Uh, and you're like, why are you talking about the hot dogs? Okay, so uh, we, had to, we did the set. About 70 people came to the set. I'm not kidding. 50 of the 70 people gave their lives to Jesus. It was amazing. The next two hours we spent just ministering to people, encouraging them, listening to their story, offering them hope, giving out Bibles, giving out invitations to the church. There was a discipleship group and then a life group that was established there from our time there. Praise God. It's amazing. And I literally, I remember getting back on the bus and feeling like light had come in and the darkness had fleed. Because again, there's no struggle between light and darkness. Jesus Christ is the answer, and he has the strongest light of any light today. So we're called to be light, but how do we do that practically today? I want to wrap up uh, with just this right here. Uh, I was listening to 94.9 
K-L-T-Y, uh, the other day on the radio, uh, uh, because I'm a pastor and I listen to Christian radio, you know? So, uh, but, uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, I was, just so I'll move on. I was listening to it and, uh, and this study came on and the lady said, uh, psychologists have been researching people all over America today, uh, wondering what is the answer to loneliness and joy right now in this pandemic and what's going on in our world. And they studied all these different people. You know what the answer they found was? It's more simple than you think, compassion. (laughs) They found that compassion was the number one thing to unlock joy in our world today. Hmm, That, that was encouraging. I was like, that's so simple. And then I was like, that's a secular study. How much more? as those who have the all-powerful, consuming, conquering light within us, the Holy Spirit inside of us, how much more is there an invitation for us to show compassion to other people? So as we wrap up, I just want to share a couple of stories of compassion uh, with you, and these will be brief. Most of of them are uh, from social media. Uh, But the first one is a little bit more personal. uh, a week ago, Charlotte and I were doing some work in our front um, bed, and uh, we broke through the uh, sprinkler pipe, the, the hose that was in front. And uh, the picture that you see right up here is a picture of the pipe completely fixed. You're like, that doesn't look broke. And it doesn't, because it was fixed. And uh, so I went and I told Charlotte, I said, you know, the, or she told me, she said the pipe broke. And I was like, oh man, you know, that's a bummer. Well, four days later, I walk out in the morning and somehow the whole thing has been rearranged and fixed. It's like, she goes, did you call somebody? I said, no, I didn't call anybody. (laughs) And then I remembered my next door neighbor fixes sprinkler systems. And I walked over and his name is Chewy. And I said, Chewy, um, did you do this? He said, yeah, I, I noticed it was broken. I said, man, thank you so much. And, uh, and I said, can I pay you? He said, no, Ben, please don't pay me. I said, well, what can I do? And he said, nothing. That's just what neighbors do. <sighs> so simple, so powerful, so encouraging. And I was like, I want to be more like Chewy, God. <laughs> I want to be like my next door neighbor. Two others for you. This is a, a picture of a, uh, nursing home facility. And this is a quote that was given here. If you could just leave that up there. Uh, My grandmother's living facility is is on lockdown. I went to drop off some things for her and found my dad serenading her and her friends on his guitar since he couldn't come to visit. Hashtag quarantine, emoji, smiley face, tears, heart. (laughs) Compassion. Another one for you. Two young girls have warmed hearts around the world after using money from the tooth fairy to buy toilet paper for struggling adults who couldn't buy any. Patrina McGuire in Queenstown posted a photo of her daughter Addison and friend Lucy delivering toilet paper to those in need. Compassion. Another one. A first grade class at Eugene Field Elementary School in Park Ridge, Illinois, spent the day writing letters to residents at an elderly home in Somerville in hopes of brightening their day. According to the Chicago Tribune, one student penned a letter hoping that the reader's glasses would work. (laughs) Compassion. One more for you. 
One Wichita law firm gave out 300 backpacks filled with school supplies for students. One parent who came by said, this is such a huge blessing. I didn't know what I was going to do for school supplies this year. We've got rent coming up and I was lucky just to get haircuts for my kids. The consideration for the times that we're all going through makes the children feel important. And things like this let us feel some joy back in our lives. Amen. Compassion. Random acts of kindness that can actually transform the world. And you know, I just want to close by inviting all of us to consider what's your one thing this week? That study that the psychologists conducted, they encouraged everybody, set one compassion goal each week. And I thought, (laughs) what a great practical. I need to do that with Charlotte. On Monday morning, we need to wake up and say, what's our compassion goal this week? Maybe for your family, it's getting around the the dinner table on Sunday evening and saying, what's our compassion goal this week? Because in that simple place, we have the ability to be salt and light in a world that needs it more than ever. So I'm going to pray as we finish up and just want to invite you wherever you're at in your living rooms or watching to just ask the Holy Spirit that simple question and just say, Jesus, what is one way you're inviting me to compassion this week? We're just going to pause for a moment here. Just allow the Lord to to encourage you and speak to your heart.